Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello, and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns, and I'm the metaphysical anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. And we just got through hometowns. And that was a lot. A lot happened. And what I'm going to do this episode is dive a little deeper into the charts of the last four women whose hometowns we got to see (laughs) uh, and whose families we got to meet, as well as Colton's chart. And I'm specifically going to be looking at aspects. I've talked about aspects in past episodes a little bit. They are about angles. They are about degree relationships between planets. And those degree relationships often depend on what... So a planet can be in a sign. That's its position. It also has a degree position. And the degree difference of distance between those planets determines the aspect. There are four major aspects. And before before I go on, I just have to say, I feel like when I start talking about aspects in particular is when I get peak Charlie Day meme. And I'm going to try and keep it chill. It's a a lot to throw out at once. But here we go. There are four major aspects. And in ancient times, we're talking Ptolemy times, aspects were considered ways that planets regarded each other or looked at each other. And I love that. It's like, do do they have rose-colored glasses or do they have shit-colored glasses when they look at each other? And in the course I took this past weekend where um, it was a course on the second house taught by Chani Nicholas, who's amazing. Um, She's one of my favorite astrologers. And in the course of learning um, the material, she goes into aspects in some depth. And she talks about how it relates to testimony and how planets witness each other. And I just thought that was so poetically perfect for reality television and the idea of testimony, especially in light of things that happened last week, two weeks ago, whatever now, week seven. Um, And especially that we're coming up apparently next week on The Women Tell All. And so when I heard that, when I heard her say that, that it's about witness and testimony, I was just like, this is perfect. This is totally what I want to talk about. And I'm going to go into synastry, which is relationships between multiple charts, between your chart and another person's chart. 
next week between the contestants a little more because it is the women tell all and that's kind of the time to do it when they're they're like we're hashing it all back out again this week I'm going to talk about the aspects within Colton's chart and it's hard to pin down exact synastry exact aspects when you don't know a birth time we are limited in that you know so there's only so much we can determine but we can get a general idea of aspects and the other thing I want to say is you know none of this is prescriptive or predictive it's a way of identifying strengths and challenges in relationships so I'm not trying to say the chart says you're fucked (laughs) Um, I'm trying really hard not to say that Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself the four major aspects are conjunctions which are within 29 degrees of one another and every sign is 29 or 30 degrees apart so it's usually the same sign but it if it's it within three degrees it can be different signs see this is where it gets weird for the purposes of right now since we actually can't get that granular I'm sort of going to be rounding so conjunction is same signs then of course you have opposition which I actually talk about a whole lot that's 180 degrees of separation so uh, opposite ends of the wheel and those are what I've talked about as like two sides of the same coin so Aquarius and Leo for example and Gemini and Sagittarius then there's uh, the trine which are signs of the same element and the signs fall into four elements earth air water and fire so signs in the same element trine signs in the same modality are square modality is cardinal fixed mutable so every sign has an element and a modality attached to it now some of these oh and then there's sextal sextal is 60 degrees of separation so two signs apart give or take some of these aspects represent ease and some of these aspects represent challenge and like i said we're not saying some of these aspects mean go ahead green light some of these aspects mean red light it just means you know sometimes adversity creates growth and sometimes you don't want things to be too easy it just kind of depends so with that being said I've talked a lot about opposition and how because they're two sides of the same coin there's a lot of potential either way and squares are similarly if you think about uh what a square is it's uh sharp (laughs) it's uh pointy 
it's rigid. So these are sharp elbow relationships, squares. They are frictive. Um, but the thing about friction is that it can create a spark. And the thing about discomfort is it can be exquisite. You know what I'm saying? A conjunction is usually auspicious, but again, it can also, it means kind of a melding of purpose, kind of a conflation, which can sometimes be messy and not harmonious. It can be cacophonous. It can be hard to sort things out. Trines are supportive. I like to think about trines as like a tripod where a square is pointy, a, a tripod supports. It's like a cradle. Um, it's got Jupiterian energy, so it's expansive and abundant. And then a sextile is, is, is sweet but subtle. It's a subtle sweetness. It's not as powerful as a square or a trine, but it's really nice to have. So with that kind of cliff's notes about uh, aspects, which I'll probably go through again next week before we dive into the women tell all, because again, wow, a lot is going to, we're going to get a lot of information thrown at us at once there. <laughs> um, I'm going to take a minute to talk about Colton's chart and if these aspects can explain why he's such a dumb shit. <laughs> As we know, his son is an Aquarius. His Venus, Mars, and Mercury are in Capricorn. And I was convinced that his moon was in Libra based on some of his behavior. But I really, really checked my work and it's in Scorpio which confuses me a little bit because <laughs> Scorpio moons are supposed to be able to read people well. <laughs> um, but charts, people are complicated and charts are complicated. There's a lot of dynamics at work, pushing and pulling in different ways. And we are much like, much like on the show, we get this incredibly edited version of what's really happening we're likewise here getting a really edited version of what's going on in the sky over colton's life if that makes sense and and everyone that means that aquarius and scorpio are both fixed signs um they're of the same modality so they're square each other and um moon so your sun Versus your moon, I would say, is like your ego versus your instincts. It's your day life versus your night life. You know, people often say, like, your moon is who you are at home alone. I like to say it's your drunk sign. It's your, you know, the same way that the moon is always out, but it's not always visible. You know, your emotional life is not always immediately visible but it's there and 
when your moon squares your sun, that means you have a frictive relationship between your ego and your instincts. Between your, I'm just going to say that again, between your ego and your instincts. Does that sound like anybody we know? That can also, yeah, it can lead to being contradictory. Contradictory actions, like a conflict between your wants and needs. Um, yeah, nurture and independence, all of that stuff. And that can make you a really strong person because you're processing all of that. I'm not saying that this makes you a bad person. I'm just saying this is <laughs> this explains a lot. And then, you know, we've got this conjunction junction, his Venus and his Mars and his Mercury, and I haven't I didn't mention this, but also his Uranus and his Neptune. And conjunctions, like I said, can be auspicious, but all of that merging is not always a good thing because, you know, your Venus is your affinity principle and your Mars is your action principle and your Mercury is your communication principle, right? And it can get weird when all of those wires get crossed and there's not a lot of distinction between impulses and there's not a lot of people, there's there's no voice on the line saying, hold up, wait a minute. Colton's first hometown is Fredericksburg, Virginia. He's going home to see Kaylin. And it's funny, her hometown reminds me a lot of mine, right down to like the carriage ride around. <laughs> um, and they um, they took that carriage to this really weird ice cream shop in a strip mall it looked like it was like a really unglamorous part of town but they uh matched she had that great powder blue leather jacket that matched his shirt and I thought that was adorable and they talk about how they want dog travel kids marriage dog travel kids <laughs> in that order and then she takes him home to meet her family and they decide to deep fry a bunch of foods. And I also kind of think the deep fryer is a regional thing from where she and I are both, the region that she and I are both from. Uh, deep frying a turkey at Thanksgiving was real big where I'm from. And, um, of course, that's all an elaborate setup, you know, and no one's really deep frying anything after about two minutes because... Um, we have to have all of these <laughs> separate conversations. And I have to say, I really loved Caitlin's stepdad. I enjoyed his energy. I enjoyed his sentiment. I always think it's fascinating to see civilians engaging with the structure of the show. Hometowns is really where that comes out in play. And... It's real clear some family members, some people have an affinity for the atmosphere and the laws and the physics of Bachelor Nation and some less so. Some, And I'll talk about that more as we go on, sort of different examples of that. Um, but... Uh, Kaylin's convo with both of her parents felt very real, very solid, 
and actually really, really beautiful. I really thought her stepdad was lovely. And I <laughs> honestly, you know, the thought occurred to me was like, I don't see Kaylin, Kaylin's dad and Colton's dad like getting along necessarily. Um, I don't really see that as a good match. I don't know their astrology, but, um, you know, Colton's really, really committed to this idea of permission. It's <laughs> the hill he's going to die on until it's not. And I, you know... This whole, like, lifelong commitment foundation stuff, I get. I'm kind of a pragmatist, I feel like, maybe when it comes to matter these kind of matters. But, um, you know, maybe they saw the show last season and they, they don't want to repeat. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm still not sure Kaylin could carry being the Bachelorette, but... I sent up I sent up a little prayer for her. I uh she she grows on me more and more. Then we get <laughs> Then we get the first of many uh leg jump wraparounds in Birmingham, Alabama. This was horrifying. Okay, like I'm not I don't know why Hannah agreed to that. She didn't have to. This this uh, decorum date, this like um, Miss Manners situation that she roped Colton into. Um, first of all, I'm just like kind of skeptical. I'm, I'm like suspicious of putting Southern culture on a pedestal, given a lot beneath the surface uh, of that historical moment and its legacy today is what I would say. But even beyond that, there's so, I, the things I hated about this date are manifold. That is one small piece. Um, it made Colton look like a bashful schoolboy, which is not sexy. It was uh, not a cute look for him. And he was also like really sullen. Capricorn energy really dislikes being bad at stuff. And especially bad at stuff in front of other people. So putting him into that environment is not wise. Not wise! <laughs> um, but that umbrella shit was the worst. That whole, like, they've had an umbrella over Hannah her whole life, and now we're passing that umbrella to you. Not only is it horrifying, but it is Definitely not disproving my theory, my mannequin theory, that she came to life uh, three to six weeks ago in the limo and is in fact, was in fact like in a box with plastic wrapped in plastic until then in her parents' house. Um, so she takes him back to her parents' house. <laughs> and look, it is not a white glove debutante ball. In fact, it's just a uh it's just a chill family dinner. And um despite despite 
all of that um, humiliating education, he still holds his white wine glass by the bowl, which I feel like maybe they didn't, feels like a gross oversight on that, uh, that weird Southern lady's part. And yeah, the talk around the table, they are literally talking about Hannah like she is a limited edition collectible that will only appreciate in value if she is kept in mint condition. It's weird. It's weird. And then when she gets, that's funny, she gets pulled out by her sister, by her mother, and gets asked about the fantasy suites, and she's just like stone-faced. Oh, yeah, this is her with her mom. And... Meanwhile, Colton's with her dad, and when he (laughs) asks him permission, permission again, he, like, sucks his whole lip into his mouth. It's one of those. And meanwhile, Hannah's like, Colton is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then her mom says she's gone – she left a mama's girl – And she came back a woman in love. It's just all very, it's all very, very, very transfer of property. It's super fascinating. And I'm really starting to think that if he ends up with anybody, it's going to be her. Really. Um, If we're keeping score, she said she was falling in love. But Kaylin says she is in love. So Kaylin's kind of one step ahead of her in the emotional race, so to speak, in the marathon. Um, well, let's move on to the next leg jump wraparound, which is in Orange County. Not my favorite outfit of Tasha's. Not super flattering. And not... <laughs> if I knew that I was going to be spoiler alert skydiving and that there was a chance i might die let's face it the outfit you die in is your ghost outfit for life and i wish she had taken that more into consideration when she got dressed for this date i do appreciate that she blindfolded colton that was very cute and felt very different from when Demi did it, uh, if anyone else picked up on that. Um, so <laughs> Cap, Cap Venus and Virgo Venus have this, like, shared relationship with control, and by that I mean they have control issues. So I love that they have this, like, power struggle dynamic. I mean, it horrifies me personally We all know that. (laughs) I've made that very clear. Uh, That's not what I'm looking for. But uh, I really appreciate that they appreciate that in each other. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel a little... I'm a Libra Venus, and I feel a little different about all of that. Um, What's also amazing, I'm really looking forward to gifting... uh, his face in the in the plane where it dawns on him that he might die a virgin and this is uh i have to say this is especially funny to me because my ex-fiance wrote a book called virgins don't skydive 
Uh, I don't think you can get it anywhere. And it's just a funny synchronicity. Uh, what I don't understand, like, I mean, luckily they all live. And I also, they got the rights. This, okay, they got the rights to the song that plays when they're skydiving. That's like a song that's on the radio. I have jazzercise to that song, which means, to me, that means something, like, edit-wise, that means something maybe for Tasha and or for Tasha and Colton. Like, it's an auspicious sign. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm super glad that they landed <laughs> safely and everything but i cannot believe they managed to have that conversation about falling in love like how long after they landed did that conversation happen because i would not have calmed the fuck down for a while like i would be running around tearing phone books in half had just high on adrenaline and I'd been really high on adrenaline and it is <laughs> I would not be able to have that conversation um so I'm wondering if they like really let him uh let him scream it out uh before that happened um Tasha has a great family although com- everything that her father says over the course of that evening is something that I responded to with, like, really? It all felt, uh, yeah, none of, like, he has to be protective. Really? He can't bear to see her hurt. Really? Really? Like, when you have a kid, you're going to see them hurt. You signed up for it. He says, (laughs) Colton seems like a smart man. Really? Is that the is that the impre- is that what's coming off of him? Um he also calls the other women girls, which Colton does not do and I appreciate. I think we should stop calling women girls in 2019. I have been guilty of it myself in the past and I'm working on it. They're women, they're grown women. The youngest brother of Tasha Bryce is an example of a, of a civilian who really understands how to how to handle Bachelor Nation. Like he has a sense of timing. He has a sense of being surveilled. I'm wondering if it's a function of age and growing up with the vernacular of reality television. But he is a fucking natural. You know, you know it when you see it. Um, there's a lot of like man to man stuff going on in this conversation between Colton and Tasha's father. I really um you're going to say man to man but call grown women girls. Um and also this whole like again this whole like ultimatum of permission is you know, once you set an ultimatum and often, the, you know, setting a boundary means that boundary is going to be tested. The problem with an ultimatum is that, you know, you don't have a backup plan. And uh, sometimes you need a backup plan. But also, he's acting like cell phones don't exist. Just saying. Like, it's this is not... 
he could make it happen if he needed to make a phone call. He could make a phone call. It's it, it's really, really, really constructed and weird. She goes to talk to her dad and he says, you don't microwave relationships, which really? Uh, I mean, I love my microwave. Don't know what I'd do without it. You know, sometimes, true, you get a molten hot center and an icy cold. Oh, it's the opposite. You get an icy cold middle and a molten hot outside. Oh, this metaphor is actually good. That is why you shouldn't microwave a relationship. You don't want that hot pocket to be frozen in the middle. And Tasha, I thought Tasha handled herself really well. I think the there's this ongoing theme of of daughters saying, you know, you have to trust me. You raised me right. And she says, Colton has proven to be a light to me after all the hurt I had before. And, you know, I think Kaylin, bless her heart, feels the same way. That's, I'm just going to say, that's a real skinny moon to hang your hopes on. Um, I wish these women could articulate to their parents what I see them trying to articulate in many in many cases, which is like, look, I'm probably going to get hurt. This is a really amazing learning experience. And I'm doing my best. And even if it works out badly, it's worth it to me. It's worth it to me. I've ne- I don't know if we've really heard that. So then, oh, and I just want to say too, Tasha always plays her cards right. She's very, very smart, and she's very, very smart with Colton. Like she has uh, very very good instincts. I'm going to talk about that more later. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because like he went on two dates where he was forced to do stuff he was bad at. And you can't be bad at skydiving, you know? But if you are bad at skydiving, it doesn't like who cares? Like your ego won't be there to feel the shame. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think Tasha could carry Bachelorette. I think she would be, I think she would be a great Bachelorette. She'll jump out of a plane. I mean, that's really what it, we're talking about here. She's got what it takes. Speaking of stuff that Colton's bad at, uh, Cassie takes him surfing. I can't remember the surf lesson. All I see when I try to remember that is, um... Lori Petty and Keanu Reeves uh, in their Point Break surf lesson montage. Colton says that Cassie is the perfect balance of sexy and cute, which, as we know, are the two attributes. There they are. Um, Cassie's family reminds me of... I don't know if anyone out there watches Laguna Beach. Uh, On season one of Laguna Beach, there was this young woman teenager whose family was really religious her father was a pastor and she was a singer and that's what cassie's family reminds me of 
who Cassie's family reminds me of. And her dad, in particular, gives me real, real heavy youth pastor vibes. (laughs) And you can tell he takes Colton's physical connection with Cassie really, really personally. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Jessica Simpson's dad. You know who I'm talking about? That's exactly it. Mixed with that guy from Seventh Heaven a little bit. Her... (laughs) If we're keeping score, Kaylin's at I'm in love with you. Hannah's at I'm falling in love with you. Tasha's at I love you. Cassie's at maybe I am falling in love with him. Maybe I am falling in love with him and I appreciate that she feels the pressure of those words that she really doesn't want to say it until she is sure she is a Taurus son and that's a you know that's a methodical uh it's a methodical sign it's a sign that doesn't like to be rushed she's got an Aries Venus that does like to rush so, I mean, I see that in her, that sort of like feeling the heat of the moment, but really wanting to take it slow at the same time. I get that. Um, when Colton sits down with her mom, he says, how have you been? Which I thought was a really nice opener. And actually, in general, I think he has done pretty well over these hometowns. I mean, with the exception of this like, really stupid hill he wants to die on with the permission thing um but you know i think this is kind of him at his best he was not at his best recently and he's kind of back in his element and you know i think capricorn energy to a certain extent is also like wanting to be the kind of guy that parents like and When Cassie sits down with her dad, though, it's like, I feel like she's telling him she joined this great group and he's pretty sure it's a cult. (laughs) Um, And I think Cassie actually gets closest to what I'm talking about, about like articulating with the journey. Um, And he says, how can, hey, the dad, he says, how can you be sure? How can you be sure? And I'm like, dude. How can you be sure that evolution isn't real? Huh? Um, He says, Cassie's still my girl. At least at this point, yeah, Colton's saying, the only one saying women. But he, he asks for, and I thought this was an interesting thing. He didn't ask this this way to any of the other women. He asked for her hand in marriage, which I've always thought was a very gruesome prospect. Um. And Cassie's father says it would be a premature blessing. This is a very, like, common hometown trope that one contestant has trouble taking what's seen as, like, the necessary next step forward. And then it's time for the rose ceremony, which I guess is in Denver. I had to pause and think about it because they just kind of arrived at this place that felt out of time and a little bit like maybe the total eclipse of the heart video is taped there or something um there's i've always found this this rose ceremony in particular this kind of post hometown sacrificial rite 
to be the most intense in a way because yeah now there's real real skin in the game you've like bro you've you've transgressed out of bachelor nation into the real world and now you need trying to see if you're you get to stay in bachelor nation or if you're going to be cast back out um and yeah there's just there's something particularly poignant about this moment in the show. Tasha shows up in this beautiful sparkly silver gown. And that was a tie for my favorite between that and Cassie's kind of bridal white matching set. I love a matching set. It felt a little underdressed in a way, like maybe not as formal, but still lovely and clearly trying to send a message, I guess. Colton loves a blue suit. It was his millionth blue suit, or maybe just the same blue suit. I honestly don't know. Uh, but when he gives his intro speech and he said he was following his heart, th- that was the moment that I knew, right? That was just the moment that I knew it was about to happen. And that moment between Kaylin and Cassie when they realized there was one rose left was really beautiful and there's got to be Kaylin's there's got to be something really bittersweet about going to bat for your friend and then being sent home while she gets to stay and move on with him and it's pretty clear from her reaction that she was always for real in this like the proof is in her face it's just so hard I mean not to be like leave Britney alone about this, but like, God, hasn't she been through enough? I just, I mean, full disclosure, this is the point where I was just saying like, you dumb fuck at the TV. Um, because I just, I don't understand why he's gonna set up all this arbitrary shit and then not listen to it I mean I do get it romance is like that but we should understand that and I think again that's his <laughs> that's his sinastry talking and that his aspects kind of explain why he doesn't often make sense and his actions don't always line up with what he's saying and in, I think you know, it, that's not to say he's duplicitous, but just to say that I think that there's discrepancy internally and it reflects as within, so without, right? So this is getting pretty long, but I got to talk about the actual like nitty gritty sinastry of these four women with Colton because it's fascinating. So I'm going to try and get through it as quickly as I can. Colton and Hannah G have sun conjunct sun and sun conjunct mercury and also aquarius and sagittarius so his sun and her venus are sextile which is that sweet sweet little venus energy in your corner and also his aquarius sun and her aries moon so they've got a lot of this like harmonious sweet energy which um really reflects in their sort of like ease around each other and an unexplainable connection now, Caitlin is Gemini's sun. 
She also has Gemini, Mercury, and Venus, Mars in Virgo, and a Capricorn moon. What does that mean? That means her Capricorn moon conjuncts his whole Capricorn stellium, which can be really harmonious, really simpatico. It also means that her son shrines his son, which... And it also trines his Saturn. And like I said, that's a very like cradling, supportive, um, beautiful, powerful, positive aspect. And speaking of trines, trines, all types of trines, sun, moon, Mars, Venus, Mercury, trines, Colton and Tasha. I mean, Tasha's a Virgo with a Virgo Venus, and she has a... Um, cancer moon and so her all of her virgo placements trine his capricorn placements and capricorn and cancer and scorpio their moons also trine so again this like powerful flowing gifting energy cassie has sun in taurus moon in aries mercury in taurus venus in aries mars in leo so her Mars opposes his sun. Her sun squares his sun. Her Mercury squares his sun. And guess what else squares her Aries moon and her Venus, his Capricorn, everything. Everything. Squared up. It's so many squares compared, I mean, it's really, really fascinating, that geometry, compared to the other three. And, I mean, it makes a lot of sense in the fact that he is not maybe looking at what's on paper, you know? He really, and he's admittedly not saying he is. He's saying he's following his gut or his heart whichever one at the time, you know, all his planets are in the same fucking sign. He probably doesn't know which is which. And that square energy, that friction can create a really not, I mean, friction can be fun. That's what I'm going to say. And, you know, the problem is when you get to that ice cold center of the hot pocket, right? And again, this isn't, I'm not saying that oh no like like clear this is proof that cassie's not the one for him that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there's a remarkable difference between the relationships between their planets and i think that that's evident in the nature of their relationship and i think that's what the women are picking up on i get it and it's not for me to say what's best for him uh unfortunately there's only one person that can say that and he's got his own challenges which we will really confront head on like a seven foot fence uh next week so until then you can follow me on instagram at stars and roses underscore podcast i'm back at memeing i had to take a couple weeks off i was having a rough time but gosh when you're feeling low there's nothing like beautiful people having a rough time to really cheer you up right um so i'm back at it you can find me there shoot me a dm if you want to talk more about this and next week is gonna be really really out of control and i can't wait 
And I can't wait to see where the rest of this journey goes. Thank you so much for being on it with me.